0: That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started the day. Well, Singapore shares started nearly flat, tracking a more subdued performance across the US and Europe as investors anticipate the Federal Reserve's next interest rate hike decision. Then early trade, the Straits Times Index inched up 0.03% to 3,264 points after some 27 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, while numbers on the SJX are firming up, here's what we have so far. The benchmark STI down 0.77% at 3,238 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 760 million SING dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers though, 259 versus 250. Top advances for today we have have GMH-USD, Jardin Cycle & Carriage & Ames property, and top decliners new incorporation USD – DBS and UOB. Now, In terms of some companies to watch, we do have Singpost because Singpost said it is introducing a significant rate increment for the first time in almost a decade. Now elsewhere from more on Neo to Sunak and Country Garden forging debt deals with creditors, more corporate headlines remain in focus and joining us in studio is James Chiu, CIO Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thanks very much for joining us James.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: And James, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers?
1: Well, I think generally investors are kind of staying on sidelines, uh, watching out for uh, major uh, central bank news. Yeah. And clearly, of course, uh, the US Fed is in focus. And, you know, the interest rate cycle is going to be extremely crucial to determine uh, where risk assets will be uh, in, the, in the months ahead.
0: Mm, I guess we have the other central banks like BOE, BOJ following suit as well. And let's zoom in on some of the companies or sectors to watch, right, James? We do have SingPost saying that it is introducing a significant rate increment for the first time and almost a decade. So from October 9th onwards, uh, standard regular meal rates will be increased by 65% to 51 Singapore cents. Now, I know you do not comment on individual stocks, but more broadly, when we look at postal providers and also logistics firms, what are the headwinds for them?
1: Well, I think for postal services, uh, this headwind has been very strong in, in terms of uh, how do you sort of uh, modernize and digitize given that uh, emails have been with us for, for many years yeah. already. So so the, the point is really the business model has to really consider how do you kind of provide uh, services, uh, postage services, services that's relevant to uh, consumers that still want services that are fast quick uh, and and reliable so uh, it, it, it is a challenging times for of Postal service across uh, in all parts of the world. Uh, but clearly, I think many companies along these lines have looked towards e-commerce integration, mm. using digital to kind of track parcels, etc. So I think uh, the industry is going through a, a, a time of uh, kind of uh, rejigging and of course to make uh, certain segments of the business uh, kind of uh, make sense for them.
0: Mm. And from Syncos, let's take a look at New and the EV scene, right? Um, New is proposing to issue 500 million US dollars of convertible senior notes due uh, 2029 there's another 500 million US dollars a uh, note offering due 2030. now the question is what does it intend to do with that notes right it plans to use a portion of net profits to uh, repurchase existing debt securities the remaining going towards strengthening its balance sheet position do you think this development is specific to new or does it highlight greater worries for EV firms?
1: Well, I think to put into perspective um, the EV sector, especially in China it's, it's grown a lot and it's increased its compa- uh, kind of capabilities over the years and in fact uh, Chinese uh, EV export is exporting to the rest of the world and gaining market share, not just in China but across the world and clearly many of these uh, manufacturers are um, building up their capacity, building up production mm. to kind of uh, fit their overall demand. But of course uh, there is uh, huge amounts of competition whether it's margins yeah. and And I think pricing is going to be extremely important. So it's a competitive environment. And clearly, I think every uh, kind of uh, EV maker is trying to innovate um, and through various mechanisms, uh, whether it's price cuts to kind of gain market share.
0: Mm, Don't mind me just very quickly following up. Do you foresee any bloodshed or any consolidation in the industry, especially within China?
1: Well, I think it's still too early to tell because uh, the market is still fairly, fairly large. Um, I mean, EV adoption has increased uh, significantly over the last five years, uh, but it's still not uh, 100% mainstream uh, in many parts of the world. So you still will see uh, a lot of growth. Um, I think the issue really has to do with a lot of whether it's uh, consumer preference, it has to do with uh, regulation. But also I think as things starts to improve, you're going to see an increase in capacity and I think that's what's going to happen um, for the EV space.
0: Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with James Chiu, CIO of Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Now Further away, James, uh, Chinese property developers Sunak and Country Garden struck debt deals with creditors. Is this the respite that developers need for the time being to get things on track or are we just pushing pushing the problem to the future and what kind of contagion impact will this have on Singapore?
1: Well, I think uh, it's uh, short term. It's a relief for 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 many of these uh, Chinese developers that need uh, financing to kind of keep going. But ultimately, there is a need for demand, home buyers to be back uh, into the market, and I think that takes a while for confidence uh, to sort of return. Given that we have seen uh, big contractions uh, in in kind of housing sales, twenty twenty five percent over the last few months, so it, it's going to take a while before confidence uh, uh, goes into to the market. Uh, But I think in terms of contagion risk, I I don't think that's going to be a significant uh, contagion, I think, whether it's on the economic side of things uh, uh, as yet. I mean, if you put in perspective, uh, China can still grow at almost around uh, 5%. Uh, even with this uh, kind of uh, property market yeah. slowdown. And from that perspective, um, it's, it's, it's still fairly, uh, I think, a, a kind of a fairly sanguine outlook uh, for the rest of the world. And also bear in mind that it, as as things slow down in China, you get um, kind of price uh, deflation. So in, in a way, uh, Ch- China's economy is exporting disinflation, uh, which is actually mm-hmm. good for the rest of the world.
0: But as far as the property sector is concerned, we talked about them striking debt deals with creditors. But at the same time, Sunac has filed for Chapter 15 protection from creditors in a US bankruptcy court. Are we out of the woods yet? Very far off from that?
1: Uh, well, I think in the near term, in the next month or, or two, I, I think uh, there's still going to be lots of uncertainty uh, in the sector. Uh, ultimately, you have to have uh, not just on the financing side uh, to kind of resume, but you really need a home buyers, dem- uh, home buyers mm-hmm. to actually buy the physical units. You need to see home sales starting to stabilize, bottom right. out and pick up. And I think that's going to be very important. Um, but, but clearly, I think the Chinese households, they do have the cash Uh, they've accumulated uh, Mm. more than a trillion US dollars over the pandemic so of course as a home buyer they are waiting for prices to drop
0: and finally before we let you go uh, James the US Fed due to announce its latest interest rate decision midweek, early morning on Thursday to be precise and this pushing gold prices to two week highs so two parts to the question one is what are the odds of them uh, staying put on interest rates not only on Thursday but also in November and two where will gold prices move in response to those expectations?
1: Well, I think it's important, I think, to first take a step back and look at the inflation outlook. If you look at the latest uh, inflation uh, data, the the inflation, headline inflation is actually uh, starting to pick up really because of oil price and and fuel costs. Uh, But if you look at core inflation, which is what the Fed looks at, that's uh, falling quite steadily Mm -hmm. due to Uh, Wage growth being much more controlled, shelter, home prices uh, kind of uh, falling. So that's positive. So I think from that perspective, it does show that the economy is fairly, uh, very much in a soft landing mode uh, based on the recent data. So from that perspective, there is no strong need for the Fed to kind of hike rates because that might uh, slow the economy down even further. So I think current policy setting should be sufficient. So my suspicion is that this uh, September meeting uh, would be a a hold. So Mm. I think that would um, kind of uh, be that policy setting that should carry through uh, for the rest of this year. But having said that, um, of course, oil price is a risk and that's something that uh, could be something that the, the Fed would be watching out for. And, mm. and clearly, I think uh, what's important to watch also is uh, the, during the uh, press conference, so Fed chair might leave some hawkish statement just in case uh, inflation gets out of control from oil prices.
0: Will they turn to the safe haven goal then?
1: Well, I think in terms of the implication for gold market, uh, clearly, I think if you do get an interest rate rise environment, uh, it's not positive for gold because uh, gold is non-interest bearing. So if you do get a pause, um, I think that would uh, give some reprieve for gold price. Uh, But having said that, um, at this point of time, even at... Uh, Fed funds rate of uh, 525 to 5%, uh, it's significantly uh, higher yielding uh, than gold. So mm. I think from that perspective, and given that the Fed's likely to hold uh, at that rate for, for at least this year, mm. it's hard for gold price to rally significantly like. from here.
0: All right. Uh thanks a lot, James. In the meantime, we've got the closing numbers and the STI closed down zero point six nine percent at three thousand two hundred and forty points. Thanks a lot, James, again. That was James Chose, CIO Southeast Asia and India at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.